Opening music. Placeholder. Opening music ends. Hello. I am the machine. Welcome to my podcast, The Ark. Two of my humans will be speaking words that they have studied deeply in order to bring forth to you. For your consumption. You are welcome. You down with FCC? Yeah. You know me. Listen. Or not. To. Kevin and Ron. Yeah, you done with FCC? Yeah, no, I'm not. Ajit. <laughs> Yo, let's hear what you got to say, Ajit. Ajit pay. Pie? Is it pie or pay? Um, it's whatever you want it to be. I think so. It's ah, op- geez. It's open to interpretation, at least till now. Yeah. You've got that freedom. You've got the freedom to interpret his name however you want to. Nice. Well, that's good, because his name is popping up all over Reddit. It's pretty it, crazy. I know. I love when I woke I go to Reddit right when I open my eyes. It's probably not the best thing to do for my <laughs> mental health, but uh, it was covered in net neutrality posts, and I was like, "Oh man, that's it!" Every post, except for like one random, like horrible, inappropriate joke that shouldn't be seen by anybody, and then the rest is all FCC. What are they doing? No, I understand what's uh, I understand what's going down, but I would like to just for the sake of this podcast kind of play devil's advocate advocate because i think a lot of people understand it in a very very general way yeah and they just hear like oh net net neutrality like oh god yeah don't take away my internet you know i want to be able to browse the internet the way that i want to and i don't want you guys taking my freedoms away yeah but there are rational arguments that um are in support of being against that neutrality, if that makes sense. Yeah. Could you would it could you argue that liberal reaction to the internet and the freedom of the internet is like conservative reaction to the Second Amendment? Uh, very very similarly. Yeah, but it, not the same results. I think because one side is death and destruction, and one side is the internet and your access to content but in terms of like knee-jerk reaction to policy what do you think um yeah well i think that people are going for a very i mean essentially what they're agreeing to and what they're seeing when people are like i support net neutrality i don't want them to take away my internet they're agreeing to a much more socialist perspective mm-hmm. they're like in a way go communism because mm-hmm. <clears throat> it is that it, it is that approach and uh, i mean the whole idea of turn and i'm just being devil's advocate here in a lot yeah. of ways and the idea of turning it into um a service like public your, utility yeah like your water and mm-hmm. everything there's there's definitely some uh, good arguments against doing that i mean as far as uh, even just broadband goes, that's a great that's a great argument. Yeah, if the profitability uh, can't be increased or can't continue um, for the creation of broadband, then you in turn it won't be developed as quickly or as effectively because there's no profit in developing it. It's like the telephone, you know. They had to back in the day. They had to have those people in the rooms plugging you in. Oh yeah, the operators. Let me connect you right here, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's a service that takes money and infrastructure. And it's not just necessarily black and white like that. There's a whole massive 
uh, structure that's in place so that you can watch videos very easily on YouTube in 1080p or even in 4K for no point at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just the thing that I don't like about it is that it's you're dismantling what was set up before. It seems like it's just to dismantle it for the sake of dismantling it, with no plan of what they're going to do to keep the protections that are there. It sounds like he doesn't want to have any any kind of protections there. Like he wants to make it so that it's just open, that the free market kind of figures itself out. But we've seen when. In his in Ajit Pai's statement, he said, we want to go back to the light touch that we've had. And I'm paraphrasing the light touch that we had under the Clinton administration and beforehand. That was for up until like 1995 or something where the market kind of figured itself out. But that led to just oligopolies. I have two options of Internet where I'm at. And if I don't want either of those two, I have no other option. And both of the service, the customer service for both is terrible. So I'm just I don't know how rolling it back is going to lead to more internet options for me as a consumer. But I guess I could see how it would lead to a limp stagnated if we leave it as is, if we're playing devil's advocate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And the reality of the situation is people are like, oh yeah, I want my free internet. And it's it's a free in a way, but your internet's being controlled all the time. Facebook controls what you see. Google controls what you see and what comes up in the search. It's something that's um, controlled already. It's like, and being manipulated already. Mm-hmm. And that's by the really large auspices that exist already and everyone uses. And I don't see that necessarily going away, but it does give um, like company uh, telecommunication companies the leg up, Yeah, I guess, against a Netflix or a Google or something like that. So it gives the pipe provider a leg up over the content provider themselves. Absolutely. But I mean, uh, all the big people are controlling what's happening and what you see anyhow. Yeah. So people who are crying wolf really, you know, and Google all of a sudden, you know, they were for, um, (laughs) I always say for against net neutrality at first, but now they're pro net neutrality all of a sudden, because I think, you know, now they're seeing, oh, well, we don't want the any chance of things being con- controlled by a telecommunications company because they're kind of trying to become one themselves. They're trying to build their own pipeline that people are going to use. I'm sure they have the same plan as uh, AT&T or um, Verizon. Yeah. So if net neutrality gets repealed, but at the same time they open up or incentivize competition it would be okay potentially potentially yeah well and i think what you're saying is you just want to see you just want to be able to trust that it's not going to all go away or it's not going to all go to and i think what um the uh against net neutrality folks are saying is that well you know okay so there's no net neutrality. We're charging a fee for this, but it's not like we're going to take away all the internet and start censoring everything. We want to be able to give you the best possible service that you can have and the best possible experience on the internet. We're not going to just control things. But you're saying, like, I want that in writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, want I, I agree. I agree with you. Businesses are going to do what businesses need to do to defend themselves, I think. And to bring it back to content where we sit within the digital entertainment landscape, 
what's going to happen if they allow fast lanes to happen, I think is putting a squeeze on the content creators, the content providers like a Netflix who is billions of dollars in debt uh, and raising that debt because they have a massive amount of subscriber growth that they're continuing to constantly have and they can see in the foreseeable future. Eventually that'll slow when I'm sure they projected, but I don't know right off the top. And then at that point, they're going to have to rein in their spending so that it matches to how much subscribers that they're getting. But if all of a sudden they have to pay a premium every single time they try to reach one of their subscribers, that's going to either make the subscription fee go up or it's going to make them have to pull back on how much they're making. But you can't pull back on how much you're making in this internet economy. You need to constantly be making more stuff to stay relevant. Like the next Stranger Things needs to come out immediately. Right. And... Uh, of course, in capitalism, it's going to be the consumer that pays. It's not going to be these, you know, I'm not worried about Netflix in this situation. I'm just worried about us. And I guess as a result, I don't know. Um, us as being a consumer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, if it goes away, I think what it'll end up being is just like ABC, NBC, and CBS is the big vertically integrated companies before, but this time it'll be AT&T, Verizon, and not T-Mobile. I mean, they tried to merge with Sprint, but that didn't work out. Um, but it's just a giant pipe that owns the content they're creating. And we'll see what happens with this whole merger, too, with AT&T and Time Warner. Because the Trump administration, like Washington, has sued them to block the merger. And AT&T's CEO or head executive had said that he's going to fight it because he doesn't think it's fair. I don't know. It's kind of... It's interesting because... AT&T and Time Warner are being sued, but Sinclair and Tribune are not. So that's a whole other thing, too. Mm, I wonder where that is. That's a mystery to me. Do you see if um, if it's past um, the creation of something else or the um, expansion of something like the dark, the dark web? Interesting. I don't know. I don't know if enough people understand how to access that. Yeah. It's also not safe, right? From my understanding, I'm not educated on it at all. If I said anything with authority, I'd be lying right now. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I just know that it's called dark, the dark web. So I've used that Tor to get scared. on it once after because the internet, because I think I found out about it through Donald Glover's album. And so I like I used Tor to get on, and it's not as nice and shiny yeah, as the top-level internet. Yeah, um, my friend used it to buy some ecstasy once, and it kind of looks like uh, it kind of looks like the '90s. Uh, it looks like the '90s all over again. Yeah, just it's like you hear the dial up and stuff. Yeah, you hear the dial up. Yeah, I'm so I mean, we have a few different big things that are going to potentially change the way that digital entertainment is consumed. You've got this giant mega mergers that one's being blocked and one is not. The one being blocked right now is AT&T that also own that would end up owning HBO, the entirety of Warner Brothers, Adult Swim, Cartoon Network, DC, all of that. And then you've got this other side that has the is the biggest television provider, you know, cable access provider, Sinclair, trying to buy Tribune, which is a big news like it's just a news consolidation, so maybe that's why they're not being targeted. Hmm, interesting not like all media it's just like one type of media and at the same time the fcc has rolled back regulation that forced people that owned um 
networks to have where in that local market they need to have a studio. Now they don't have to because it's like an old antiquated rule. But that rule helps the Sinclair Tribune thing, and I think that's why the Democratic senators are trying to investigate a G-Pie because it just looks kind of fishy and funky. Hmm, interesting. Do they have the power to censor content? I think that's that's a huge um, a huge issue that I'm seeing everywhere. Like I I don't want my content to be censored, but it doesn't seem like this is giving them the ability necessarily to go into a piece of content and say no, you know, like go to the machine.la and be like, no, you've got to take every piece of content I do not approve out of all of your content right here. Well, specifically, so specifically on the net neutrality side, right? That's what you're looking at? Yeah. I don't think so from what I'm seeing. But oh. they, they have the ability to only provide you with everything but the machine.la using that as an example. Or otherwise you have to pay quite a bit more. Th- they could throttle speeds. Right. And they could put preferential. That's the main issue that I think the Internet's freaking out about is putting preferential treatment on data right now a feature film that you've paid to access and a youtube video that you're cruising on youtube hypothetically you should be having the same ability to access that content at the same speed depending on where you're at in your household and your router that's not true but in terms of accessing it and paying for it if you pay forty dollars a month to for megabyte uh, 30 megabytes worth of speed if you're using that 30 megabytes to get a YouTube download or download a movie on iTunes, you should be getting the same speed. Right. What they're saying with net neutrality going away is that if you're buying that iTunes movie and it's through an Apple-owned thing, if Apple is paying the right internet provider that you're accessing it through, then you'll, you'll be fine. But if Apple isn't paying them properly, you're going to have throttled speeds, potentially on that side of things, on the B2B side of things, the business to business, and then on the consumer to business side of things, if you're not paying your internet provider to access iTunes, then you're going to get throttled speeds. Interesting. But I don't know if that makes business sense for the businesses to do that to the consumer or the other business. Well, I think it's a great opportunity for them to sell. Like if you get the highest tier of internet, everything's it's like an unlimited plan on uh, on your cell phone for example yeah it's like you just get the unlimited plan it's 150 dollars a month mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what you watch or where you go you're going to get the same speed <laughs> it becomes tv again yep it becomes exactly. TV. exactly well and tv has stacking rights right so like you could couldn't you could subscribe to one cable package and you get channels one through 13 or whatever no matter what but that content is owned by somebody else. So then they pay money to the people that are selling the packages. So if I buy a package that includes CBS and NBC, CBS and NBC is getting a payment from me by subscribing to that package, but they're being paid by the company. So it'd be like that with content for the internet though. So you subscribe to AT&T, AT&T merges with Time Warner and your own HBO. So I get HBO because I subscribe to AT&T. But if I was a Verizon subscriber and I wanted HBO, I'd still get HBO, but Verizon would have to pay AT&T a carriage fee for that HBO, if that makes It's the same exact system. It's just different owners of the pipe. Because right now the networks own the pipe. Okay, using that example, what what is good about that? What 
what's cre- did it end up creating um, a better television experience for everyone? Uh, debatable. Debatable. Yeah. I mean, it is. Uh, you know, network television is incredibly censored, um, and I think that transfers down to cable television as well. Although there's a little bit more leeway, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider um, television free in any way, shape, or form. Like maybe back in the day, there was a little bit more freedom that was able that w- that people had the capabilities to if you could get yourself onto um, onto television. You could do whatever the hell you wanted to do, you know, if you had the technology to get on. Yeah. Well, it's the public asset access, right? Yeah. It's like where Tom Green came out of because he could do whatever he wanted on that, <laughs> on that little hour he had. Yeah. That's when they're voting. Yeah. And I... Predictions, Kevin? Uh, I don't... There was 22 million comments on the open comment period when they announced that they were going to potentially be doing something, the FCC. A lot of them were bought and they were bots like actual robot comments that were automated that were for net neutrality or against net neutrality. And the ones that were for net neutrality were buried. There's that whole thing. 3.7 million comments the last time in 2015. So it's a huge increase. People care in a big way. I mean, you see Reddit. I know Reddit's not the entire internet, but it's it's like a wall of stuff for net neutrality. I think the public wants it. I think that concerns and fears are a little bit inflated, um, but I think there is there's an argument to both sides. I, at the end of the day, I just want to see the FCC doing what their job is, and I, I want them to protect the consumer. And in order to do that, you have to set up. It can't be just a free market. Free markets are fine. Communism works if there's no humans involved. <laughs> On paper, it looks great. But then when you get humans involved and egos, it becomes a really big problem. Right. So I don't trust businesses to go back to equilibrium. They're need, like, otherwise, the 2008 crisis wouldn't have happened. Like, we need to have restrictions that are built by economic scientists and rules to incentivize competition because you got to block out. That's the thing that rules are there to do is to like, and laws and regulations is to block out the human side of it, to make it so that it's strictly a supply and demand curve. Because if you can make a supply and demand curve without human interference, it's always going to go to equilibrium. That would be my goal for it. I don't think that repealing it and leaving it open to being whatever is going to get us there. So I'm hoping that uh, it doesn't pass, um, the repealing of net neutrality or of the rules that build net neutrality. What do you think? What do you want? Um, I want that as well. My prediction, though, is that... um, pure capitalism will win. Mm, okay. That's my prediction. Uh, and it's sad, but uh, that's just what I think. Uh, damn it, it's the American way. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks a lot for listening to the ARC podcast. I'm Ron Erickson II. I'm Kevin Herrera. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And follow us at The Machine LA on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. <laughs>